and welcome to the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We cover the Denver Broncos for the Denver Post, and we are live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, with a post-game edition of the pod. The Broncos falling to 0-3 with a 27-16 loss, and Ryan, there's reason for maybe some hope. This Broncos team played a little bit better, but the same problems persisted. Is, well, is, that, is that an optimistic but maybe fair uh, evaluation? Well, I want to see how long we can go with this podcast before Mark Kisla comes over and says, shut up. Shut up! No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, you can take some stuff out of it. This is not a very good team. This is a team that needs to be darn near perfect to be competitive on the road against a team like Green Bay, which isn't a great Packer team. Minus three in turnovers, no sacks, and that is going to be way too much to overcome for the Broncos on just about every turn, and it was today. I mean, you know, this was a... 14-10 game at halftime, excuse me, 17-10 game at halftime, you know, but then turnover, boom, 24-10. It almost felt over at that point, even though the offense did respond, but then you miss an extra point. It's an eight-point game, so, you know, the turnovers were too much, the sacks allowed were too much, and, you know, my thing is, okay, it's great that they're having these long drives of 12, 15 plays, but it also means you're limiting your possessions during the course of the game, which means you have zero margin for error because you dang well better get seven points out of those long drives or else you're going to be playing uphill. But I'll tee up on like one of the positives is Philip Lindsay sort of bottled up the first two games. He sort of broke through today. What, was, what were his feelings after the game? Um, he was a guy who was not interested in talking about his own performance, being that it was another loss for the Broncos. Expected with Phil, sort of puts on a bit of a bravado, I think, in those situations. But clearly a big step, I think, in, in his development, improving that last year wasn't just some fluke. I know this is just one game, but gets a career high in carries, 21 of them, really kind of carries the, the lion's share on the ground, uh, combines for 130 yards through the air, on the ground, uh, had a couple big plays um, as a receiver, a little bit of catch and run. We saw one in specific uh, where Lindsey tears down the sideline, does a front flip, uh, pops right back up. We've seen that at different points. Um, but both of his touchdowns were both short yardage situations. Uh, and the way that he was able to run through the tackles and be physical was impressive at times. Got a little bit of help from Dalton Reisner on that second one, getting pulled directly into the end zone. But Ryan, this was, I think, the first time that we saw the run set up the pass at least a little bit. Right, yeah. and that's a good sign as these Broncos move forward. If this offense is going to be anything other than average, yeah, and I think you know average is maybe their ceiling at this point. <laughs> right. But you look at they carry they carried 38 times. I looked it up. It's only the 20th time in franchise history they lost a game where they had that many carries. Okay, but they also their long carry was 13 yards. I mean, Philip Lindsay still has a long carry of nine yards. You know, maybe his home run is going to be in the receiver receiving game. That's where he had that 36 yard you're referring to. I you know, you know, I do like the fact they included Royce Freeman, even though Phil Lindsay sort of had a little bit of a hotter hand. You know, Freeman averaged 4.2, had a 13 yard carry, also did some things in the receiving game. They both had four catches, but yeah, I think the next step for this run game is to get that 25 yarder. You know, get uh, I mean, get a 30 yarder, that kind of thing. They're not going to be. You know, they're not regulars for any offense, but something where you can get a chunk play and then score quickly. Right now, this offense isn't built for that. I mean, Vic Fangio used the word methodical last week. 
Uh, that's a positive and a negative. And in this case, positive that they're scoring points, negative that it's taking so long to do it. Seemed like a big turning point in this one. And really an analogy for this whole season so far, uh, Royce Freeman does get that big run. I think 18 yards into the end zone, scores a touchdown. Uh, Would have put the Broncos, I don't think in a tie, but pretty close at that point, maybe down. They may have given him the lead. Yeah, okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That, that might be right, actually, looking at it. Um, so, yeah, so they go from possibly being in the lead to that play getting called back for really a phantom holding call on Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, this team has been griping about officiating it seems like since week one so it's sort of like a broken record when we hear it Ryan but that play in specific kind of just shows you what's wrong with this team in a lot of ways right yeah I mean you know you, you get a bad break there but, but still you that drive continued they still had chances to score a touchdown and they didn't get it done they can't let that th- kind of thing set you back so this is already reeks of the season where if it's not one thing it's going to be the other I mean the first time the offense scores 30 points they're going to give up 34 and lose and, you know, this the offense still hasn't break, broken 20 points yet. So, you know, you flip it on the defense, I think the defense has got more issues. What's that say? I mean, they got no sacks and no takeaways through two games. They get, they get Todd Davis back at inside linebacker. He missed the first two games with a calf injury. He basically missed two months. You talked to Todd afterwards. What what he have to say? Uh, a mixed bag for Todd because obviously a moment he'd been looking forward to for a long time, uh, coming back from that calf, getting the start. And, and this was a game where he was hit with even more unexpected things, right? In the second half, Josie Jewell goes down with a, an injury, doesn't come back in the game, forces Todd to get that defensive headset, be the guy who's really kind of organizing and managing things, a role he's used to, but not in this defense. So talking to Corey Nelson, uh, who replaced Jewel, said there was a bit of time where they had to kind of get some kinks worked out. But by the end of it, it seemed like things ran pretty smooth. So Davis, a good sign for this defense moving forward, but by no means is he any sort of answer that's going to fix what ails them. No, and I mean, you, you like to get a starter back. But I think Vic Fangio made a couple of good points after the game. He says, hey, the statistics may suggest that they're not getting enough stops. And, you know, they gave up a long touchdown in the first drive on an offsides call. Rodgers had a free play over the top, 40-yard touchdown. After that, you know, they couldn't force a field goal when they, after those sudden changes. They gave up a 20-plus yard catch to a fullback when Jewel had his eyes in the backfield and said, hey, I should still, still be able to catch up to that guy, even if he has two steps on me. So they're not... You know, when you don't make impact plays, it makes the mistakes magnified. And, you know, I asked Bradley Chubb after the game, say, hey, is there extra pressure on you and Vaughn? Because right now Vic is a four-man pressure guy. He goes, hey, there's no, no there's no more pressure. This is what I'm paid to do. This is why they drafted me fifth overall to do. Just got to do it. And, uh, you know, I think that that's probably the, you know, the gospel in that locker room is, hey, you know, everybody's got to do a little bit more. You know, I, and, I, and I wrote in Monday's paper is that these next three games are going to define the season if it's not already crystal clear. Home to Jacksonville, 1-2. and two. At the Chargers, banged up. Home to Tennessee, 1-2. and two. Can't block anybody before you go to a short week against Kansas City. So these three games, not saying win all three because this team is not capable of showing that, you know, suggesting that. But if you can get one, maybe you can – get another one and let's say you go into that Kansas City game at two and four at least you're not staring at a goose egg and saying hey when's Drew Locke going to be healthy to start on the quarterback I'll give you one more Vic said hey Joe Flacco held on the ball too long a couple times today I'm glad he said that because he's right he's been doing that since week one so okay what is Joe seeing to hold on to that ball is, is it covered receiver should he scramble more should he do the Aaron Rodgers thing just throw it away so I, I think there has to be some conversations on offense about living for another down
Absolutely, and we'll have further coverage of these Broncos as they move into their next game. They got the Jaguars at home. Uh, your former team, Ryan O'Halloran Bowl. The, yeah, yeah, the uh, the Ryan O'Halloran Bowl should be a, a lot of fun uh, to reminisce with him about his time covering the Jags. Uh, coming into next week, we'll have a ton more coverage for you guys. On that note, we'll sign off for the first Orange Pod, and I will for Ryan as well. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening in today. Be sure to check out all of our content at DenverPost.com. Get a subscription to the paper. Have that thing delivered to your front door. And we will see you next time.